0: Well, there was a time when, uh, when I used to be in your position, when I would uh, sit and listen to the preacher. And when I lived in North Carolina, that meant listening to Brother Tommy. Pastor Tommy served a, a huge church in downtown Durham, and he was a good preacher. And seeing as I aspired to be a preacher, I, I listened to him carefully. No, I said I listened to him carefully, but um, that doesn't mean I remembered what he said. <laughs> In fact, of, of all the sermons I heard, uh, I can only remember one. And that sermon uh, was called Come Before Winter, and it was based on 2 Timothy chapter 4. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the actual sermon was about, but I at least remember the title and the scripture. And The first time I heard it, it just uh, was like every other sermon, you know, it seemed good, but, but then the next year, at the very same time, when I heard it for a second time, I thought, boy, that sounds familiar. And then when I heard it for the third time in a row, the next year, I realized that it was an annual event. And if Pastor Tommy were still alive today, I'm sure he'd be preaching, come before winter right about now. And he took that title from verse 21 of the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to his friend Timothy. Verse 21 says, do your best to come before winter. Paul is nearing the end of his life. He's under house arrest in Rome, and he expects to be executed for his faith. To make matters worse, he is nearly all alone. Alone, arrested, facing the coming winter and perhaps his own death, he reaches out to his best friend Timothy, and he asks for him to come before winter sets in. Here's that full section of his letter. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus till Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful in serving me. Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will requite him for his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message." At my first defense, no one took my part, all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength to proclaim the message fully, that all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisha and Aquila and the household of, household of Nisiphorus, Erastus remained at Corinth. Trophimus I left ill at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. This is where Pastor Tommy got his sermon title, Come Before Winter, and why he preached it in November before winter set in. Though I never did learn Why, out of all the many sermons he preached, this was the one that he preached over and over again. So, this November, I decided I would go back and and look at at Pastor Tommy's favorite. You know, maybe I wasn't in the right place when I heard it back then. You know how that is with Scripture. You hear it once, and, and maybe it doesn't click, it doesn't mean anything to you. But then, later, when you're at the right time and the right place suddenly it hits you and it comes to you not as dry words on a page but as the very word of god speaking to your heart this is a message for you so i thought i would go back and take a look this november we're going to look at second timothy chapter 4. so what's so critical for paul that he has to write this letter to timothy What does Paul think that he absolutely needs to face the coming winter, to to face his impending death? Well, those are good questions for any of us. What do you need to get ready for winter? Because winter is coming, believe it or not. And what do you need to get ready before your days are done? Well, first off, we see in Paul's letter, that it's more a question of who than of what. As he faces winter, there are people that he wants to be there with him, starting with Timothy. Timothy is a dear friend and and brother in Christ, a friend so close that Paul considers him family. He actually addresses this letter, to Timothy, my beloved child. Grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. That's 2 Timothy 1. Do you know someone like that in your life? Maybe it's a friend who's been with you through all the ups and downs. Or maybe it's a younger person that you've been mentoring in the faith and you've been encouraging them, pouring yourself into them like Paul did to Timothy. And now you consider them like your own child. Or maybe it is your own child or or another relative, your mom, your dad, maybe a, a beloved cousin who's so important to you, who do you want by your side this winter? Who do you need to face whatever challenges life brings your way? Well, let me encourage you to follow Paul's example and to reach out to them and schedule a time to visit with them. Actually schedule a time to see that special person before winter comes, or at least before winter's over. Because, you know, if you don't, life gets busy, and it just won't happen, will it? Now, we, we say, you know, we need to get together sometime, and then sometime never happens because we don't schedule it. Because life does get busy. There are only two, uh, two friends from back in the neighborhood growing up uh, that I still keep in contact with. We went to Cedar Elementary School together. We were in the same 4-H club. We uh, later joined the same Bible study group. They're the only friends from back then that I keep in touch with. And I think what has kept us together is the bond that we have in faith. Because in each way, these two friends are are also pastors. One pastor, Jay, he owns an insurance company but he also pastors his church the other friend Kevin uh, has a design company but he also serves as the worship leader and preacher at a house church so we kinda bind bonded together and our faith has kept us together over all these years but we never seem to see each other as much as we would like the one friend uh, Kevin he lives in California and uh, we make a, a standing commitment every Christmas to get together when he comes back to visit his parents. And he usually comes back in the, in the summer, too. And we've got a commitment to see each other. And so I see him twice a year. The other friend, Jay, he lives in Minnesota. He's just 75 miles from here. So which one do you think I see the most? <laughs> the one from California. Because we schedule it. We put it in. When are you coming in? Let's get this down. Circle it on the calendar. Jay, who lives uh, just 75 miles away, we always say, you know, we need to, we need to get together. But then life happens because we don't schedule it. Just uh, by coincidence, I happened to run into him yesterday, deer hunting, uh, of all people. And what do we say? You know, we need to we need to see, get together. Uh, I, I promise you, uh, after this sermon, I'm going to have to do it, and uh, we'll get that down on the calendar. But that's what happens, doesn't it? And Paul wants to make sure that life doesn't just happen for Timothy and for him. And so he writes this letter, and, and he, he begs him. He pleads for him to come before winter. Who do you need to write a letter to? Who do you need to call? Who do you need to text? Who do you need to, to email to make a plan to get together this winter? Who's that person in your life? Who's your Timothy? Because I bet you have one. And I bet you've been saying, you know, it's been too long since we got together. We, we should get together sometime. We'll schedule it. Make sure it happens this year before winter. Well, Paul wanted Timothy there, and so he writes a letter to Timothy. But, but Timothy's not the only one that Paul wants by his side. In fact, there is somebody who is already there. Demas has abandoned him, Crescens has gone, Titus is off working someplace else. But Luke has stayed by Paul's side, the only one who has stuck with him there through thick and thin. And Paul recognizes him in his letter. Did you catch that? Verse 11, Luke alone is with me. Do you have someone like that in your life? Someone who has always been there with you when everyone else has been off somewhere else? Someone who has walked with you through all your ups and downs? If you have somebody like that, do you realize what a gift it is? Do you recognize them for their faithful friendship? Do you let them know how much you appreciate them? You know, sometimes the person that we are least likely to thank are those who are always there with us. I was visiting once with someone recovering from a serious medical condition, and she was lamenting that no one from the church had come to visit her. And and I wondered if she was having some kind of short-term memory issue because I knew it wasn't true. Don't you remember, I said? Bonnie was here just this morning. And Ruth and Ann, I know they were here yesterday. And Susan and Joyce. I had talked to all these church members, and I knew they'd, they'd been over to see her that week. Do you remember them visiting you, I asked? Of course, she said. But they're my friends. They don't count. <laughs> if you have a friend or a family member... Who will stand by you count yourself blessed don't dismiss their visits with you and the time they spend don't take them for granted or overlook them thank God that you have somebody there like Paul had Luke and make sure they know how thankful you are let them know how much you appreciate them as winter was approaching Paul wanted his good friend Timothy there and he was thankful that he had Luke there. But as it approached, he also wanted one other person there. Paul asked for Timothy to come. Come. He asked for Luke to stay. But he asked for Timothy to bring somebody. I don't know if you picked that up. He asked Timothy to bring Mark, because Mark is so helpful for him. And, you know, that may not seem like, like much, um, Okay, so Mark's a good guy. He wants Mark there with him. Except that Paul and Mark had had a big falling out. In Acts chapter 13, Mark quits on Paul in the middle of their missionary journey. And he goes home, just picks up and goes home. And later when Paul is ready to go on another trip, Barnabas wants to bring Mark along too. But Paul wants nothing to do with Mark. And it causes a huge fight. You know what it says uh, in Acts 15. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, "Let's go back and visit the Lord's followers in the cities where we preached His message. Then we will know how they're doing." Barnabas wanted to take along John, whose other name was Mark, but Paul did not want to because Mark had left them in Pamphylia and had stopped working with them. Paul and Barnabas argued. Then each of them went their own way. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul took Silas and left after the followers had placed them in God's care. Something has happened between what we have here in Acts 15 and the second letter of Timothy. Paul wanted nothing to do with Mark back then, but now as winter approaches... Perhaps as his death approaches, Paul wants Mark by his side. So what has happened? Somewhere along the way, they've reconciled and they've reunited. Do you have someone that you need to reconcile with before winter comes? Do you have someone like that? You've gone your separate ways, maybe had a big argument, refused to have anything to do with each other. Life is too short. And winter is too long. Reach out and reconcile, especially if it's somebody in the church. They may be the very person you want by your side. At the very least, you don't want to go through this long winter nursing a grudge. It's too depressing as it is. Over and over again, the Bible urges us to reconcile and to forgive, just like Paul and Mark did. You know, Paul could have gone on nursing the hurt that Mark abandoned him on his journey. And Mark could have gone on nursing the hurt that Paul had rejected him, but they didn't. They followed Jesus, who taught, therefore, if you're offering your gifts at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, well, leave your gift at the front of the altar and go and be reconciled to them. And then come and offer your gift. That's Jesus in in Matthew 5. And it goes both ways. Because in Mark 11, yes, the gospel written by the person that Paul had rejected, Mark records these words of Jesus. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. It's hard to forgive. Reconciliation is, is difficult work. No matter who wronged to. But Jesus is there to help. Remember Philippians 4:13? I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me. Reconciliation is hard, but through Christ it can happen. Paul and Mark are a good example. Two people. Separated, not talking to each other, going to different corners of the world, but now reconciled. I was reading a a blog recently about Jesus bringing about reconciliation in in someone's life, two friends that were estranged. It was written by Sally McEwen, who writes that, that she'd attended a presentation on reconciliation with her mother. And after that, that presentation, she asked her mom, you know, at this stage in life, who is it that you most need to reconcile with? And her mother mentioned her longtime friend Mary. Something had happened that mom didn't know, but she'd been trying to, to contact Mary numerous times, and she was ghosted. I mean, there was just no response. She felt like she must have... Must have Hurt Mary somehow, but it wasn't, she wasn't sure how. Well, two months later, after this conversation, Sally's mom was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. And she needed to go into a nursing home. And Sally was praying that God would, would provide a, a nice place, that somehow an opening would happen uh, in a place that would be just right for her mother. But instead, the place that she got into was hot and crowded and miserable. And Sally was mad at Christ for the condition of her mother. She writes, though, On Monday, however, I learned that Jesus had, in fact, answered my prayers in a more spectacular way. Sally's dad called her to tell her, When I came to visit mom today, there was a rose on her tray. It was from her friend Mary. And then he added, you won't believe this. Mary works at this nursing home as an accountant. And she can come down and spend time with mom every day. Sally says, my dad didn't know the implication of Mary seeing mom every day. He wasn't a part of that conversation. But when mom died a month or so later, Mary and her mother were close. And Sally says, Isn't God amazing? Paul tells the Colossians church, Be gentle and ready to forgive, never hold a grudge. And Paul and Mark lived that out. And now they they both have books in the Bible. Do you have a Mark or a Paul in your life? Is there someone that you need to reconcile with to face this winter? Well, don't put it off. Winter is too long, and life is too short. Do it now. Do it this week. Paul wanted to see Timothy, and Luke and Mark before winter came. What do you need to do to get ready for winter? Are there old friends that you need to to contact and to schedule a time to, to get together? Are there friends or family who are, who are with you right now that you need to say, thank you, I appreciate you? Is there someone that you're estranged from? Someone that you need to, to reconcile with? You know, we may have had an unusually warm fall, but, but winter is coming. I looked at the long-range forecast. It's calling for highs in the 20s next weekend. This is it, folks. We don't have much time. So what do you need to do to get ready? Who do you need by your side? Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for those people who who are by our side. Whether they are physically right there, family member, friend, right near us or whether it be a friend who lives far away but still makes an effort to come and visit Lord we are so grateful for these folks they are such a blessing especially those with whom we can share faith and encourage and support one another as we walk this life as Christians And as we face eternal life as your children. And Lord, if there is one of these friends where the relationship is broken and we've parted in anger and bitterness, Lord, nudge us. Help us find a way to pick up the phone or to contact them in some way and to say i miss you and to reconcile for we can do this to christ who strengthens us lord we are appreciative of this fall it has been warm and wonderful but we know that winter's coming but even in the midst of the winter We are never alone, because you are with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I invite you to stand.